Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. We have two ladies that are going to bring the word today that God has put on their heart. Um, it's, exciting to have, it's exciting to have them speak to us on this Mother's Day. Um, I want to pray over them, uh, but I believe that they have a word that is very timely for us today. And the reason I say that is God kind of stirred their heart with what they were going to share, and both of their hearts connected, really built off of one another. And so I just believe the Holy Spirit has a word for the house today. Amen? Amen. And so would you guys extend a hand out? Let's pray over them today if we can. Father, we thank you so much for Micah, and we thank you so much, Lord, for Amber. God, I thank you that um, they are w- women who are on fire for your word and your presence. And God, I thank you that the word that you gave them today isn't just for the ladies, it is for all the people of God. And so Jesus, today we ask, would you anoint their hearts, anoint their lips to speak forth your truth with boldness, with boldness. Be with them today, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you welcome them one more time? Okay, so I promise I'm not scrolling Facebook. I have my my notes here (laughs) on my phone. Um, But I want to start with a story about my mom, not because I need brownie points. Um, I'm already her favorite kid. Um, But it ties in with what I'm talking about today. Um, So my mom and I are really similar. Um, My mom is a missionary in Mexico, and we support her, and she's been here a few times. If you've known my mom, you would know that we are the same person almost. Um, If not, just just trust me that we're the same. Um, We look alike. We act alike. We have a lot of the same um, likes and dislikes and things like that. Um, She doesn't know what I'm wearing today. She would probably... I would get the middle name if she realized I was wearing pants and a t-shirt, but in most ways we're similar. Um, and I picked up even like weird things from her. She used to um, go to work early in the morning. My brother and I were homeschooled and we were old enough to stay home alone. Um, she'd come home and have her quiet time in, in the morning and lay in bed. We'd bring her tea and she did this really annoying thing where she would hold her mug and she'd like tap her ring on her mug. I was going to demonstrate it for you, but it's, it's annoying. But now I find that when I have my quiet time and I'm holding my mug, I do the same thing. And I'm like, why am I doing that? But it's just this weird thing I picked up from her. Um, I think just from being around her all the time, but also like mother, like daughter, right? Um, so you might expect that from a mother-daughter relationship. Um, but I ended up being around a lot of other people um, from all different places of the world growing up. So uh, for example, to give, well, to give a little backstory, I don't have a lot of time, um, but we moved to Mexico when I was 13, and we had uh, missionaries there from uh, Texas, from Wisconsin, and so I started picking up things from them as well, and I think maybe you've experienced this, um, if you're around someone who talks a certain way or who says a certain thing and you're around them a lot, you start to talk like them or act like them. So I'm this white girl in Mexico, and every other word is Spanish, and I'm saying y'all, and I'm saying Wisconsin, like, it's bad now, but then I actually got pretty good at it. But all these little things, like, we start to pick up from people around us. So being in close proximity with someone can bring about these changes in behavior, um, thinking, beliefs, even values. Um, And you can think about that the next time you spend time with someone, like, am I picking up things from them, my best friends, my family? What am I picking up from them? And um, this is formally known, like there's an actual term for it. I just found out when I was doing research. Um, but it's called the social contagion. 
And this can be a good thing, but it can also be destructive. So um, a good thing or a good way it may um, happen is, like, say we're doing, like, corporate time of prayer, and I have a gift of speaking in tongues, and I'm like, oh, it's kind of weird. Like, the Holy Spirit's weird. I don't want to do that, but, like, Amber starts speaking in tongues. Well, I might be more likely to, okay, like, I can do this, too. I can also work in the gift that God's given me. Um, or if I'm around my mom, who's, um, she wouldn't say she was patient when we were little, but she's patient now. Um, if she's acting patient with my kids, then I'm going to be a little more patient with my kids. So it can be passed on in a good way. Um, where it's not good is when it can lead to destructive behavior. So we see this um, particularly in those who feel like cut off from those around them. If they feel like they don't have a place where they're valued or where they belong. Um, there's actually a lot of really, um, it's really sad to see online communities um, where people will go because they don't have anywhere else to go. And um, like self-harm, for example, they might feel lonely, not valued. They find another person their age who is self-harming and they think, oh, this is the only person who gets how I feel. But then that destruction or destructive behavior is what they go to because it's where they belong. Interestingly, the Hebrew root of the word contagion uh, means to join, stick, or cling to. Now, I'm not, like, well-versed in Hebrew, so this is from multiple sources. <laughs> I could still be wrong. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Like, we think of contagion like contagious disease, which is not really fun to talk about post-2020. Um, but a contagion will, you know, if you have a disease and then you're around someone, like, you can pass it on. Um, and we can do the same with, like, our thinking, our mannerisms, our beliefs. Um, but when we join, cling to, or stick to anything other than Christ, that can lead to destruction. So what does that mean for, for you today, for, um, for us, for our children, and the world around us? In Christ, we have two things going for us. We have um, the fact that we're made in his image. Um, so Genesis one twenty seven. so just like mother, like daughter, like father, like son, we are made in his image. And we are consistently being conformed into his image. Um, so Romans 8, 29, um, it should pull up there in a minute. Um, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And so we are in his image, but also in his family. We are adopted into, into his family, the kingdom of God. Um, Ephesians 1, 4 through 6 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for his adoption or for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And I know I'm going fast through these verses, but Romans 8, 14 through 15 also confirms that. It says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. So we don't need to look for our purpose or identity outside of Christ. Um, our identity is that we are his and we've been accepted and brought into his family. That being said, we still have a choice to make. We can choose um, to be a part of this family or we can choose to look for identity elsewhere or to feel like we don't belong and feel like we're not valued and find value somewhere else, even if that's destructive. Lost my spot for a second, sorry. Uh, when you choose to embrace your 
your heavenly family. We need you to embrace that you are adopted into the kingdom of God. Um, it allows you to take on the very nature and characteristics of Christ. And then as you spend time with the Lord and you come into close proximity to him and you understand his nature, then you start to act like him. Even so, there's, I don't know the verse, I didn't write it down, but um, even like smell like, like Jesus, you know? And um, you'll become more like his child. Uh, so kind of to give you an example, even a child who's adopted into a family, they may not have nothing in common with that family, but they will pick up those characteristics and those mannerisms, even though they're not like a birth child, right? So going back to what I shared about my mom, um, I actually disliked the fact that I was a lot like my mom growing up. Um, we would go shopping, and she would, um, am I out of time? Do I have time? <laughs> okay, okay, good. Okay, great. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so we would go shopping, and she would be like, oh, I really like this shirt. And I would be like, no, that is the ugliest shirt I've ever seen, just to spite my mom, because I didn't want to be like my mom. And then she would see one she didn't like, and I would want to buy that shirt, because she didn't like it, and then she used reverse psychology on me and got me to buy all the shirts that she liked. <laughs> um, but once I, you know, grew up and matured and, and moved out, like, now my mom is my best friend, and I am so honored to be like my mom. When people tell me, you look like your mom, it's a compliment. I had to embrace that and mature into that, and I think it's very similar for us when we step into the kingdom of God and into his family we have to be able to embrace that and really believe that God is good and that he loves us and that he values us. Because if we don't, we're going to feel a little lost and look for it somewhere else. So the first question is, are you going to view God as this faraway being who you kind of know, um, who you believe in? Um, or will you really choose to see him for who he really is and view yourself as one who's loved, adopted by and accepted into his family? The second question is, are you ready to mature and really get to know him and be close to him? There's like nothing sweeter than being in the presence of God. And so if you can just even fight for like 30 seconds <laughs> in his presence, I mean, he's with us always, but just when you can get away and step into his presence and be with him, there's nothing better. Ephesians 5.1 um, says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So when you and I spend time with him, we become like him. And then we go and we spend time with our children. Or we spend time with um, people who maybe don't have a parent that instilled this in them. Or who feel lost. Our friends, our neighbors, our community. We rub off on them. And if we're going to spread a social contagion, much like, um, I hate to say it, but much like COVID, like spread across the nation, um, that affects our children's children. One generation to the next, it spreads everywhere, right? That contagion. Um, why not spread Jesus? If I'm going to spread something, I want to spread Jesus. But we can't do that if we're not spending time with him and if we're not being in his presence and being transformed by him and sharing who he truly is. Um, so instead of spreading, again, like COVID, fear, death, disease, confusion, division, we can take Jesus and we can spread the freedom, love, hope, and peace that Jesus brings. So imagine if we all did that, how it would catch like wildfire and just spread to everyone that we meet and everyone that we come into contact with. 
and we have to embrace that for ourselves first. So that's all I have. And I'll pass it off to Amber. Hi, so I'm Amber Sublette, and I'm just so honored that I get to be up here today on Mother's Day and speak truth over all of you. And so this is the practice service, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys are getting the word hot off the press. Yeah. So the Lord gave me a word for inheritance. So I want to, so I know that we could all use more understanding on what the truth of our inheritance looks like. So just as we pass on a legacy to our children, Jesus is passing on a legacy to us. And everything that God owns belongs to us because we belong to him. The definition of inheritance in the Greek is translated to mean to appoint as heir or to receive to be the heir. So as co-heirs of Jesus, he has called us into a royal priesthood for his kingdom. And being a part of a priesthood means that we each have a role or position to play in his kingdom ministry. So I'm going to throw out a, a football analogy real quick. <laughs> Not that I know a lot about sports. Um, so just think of a football player for a minute. Um, every football player has their own skill or position that they play in the game, right? Well, it takes the entire team with all their different positions to come together in unity to play a successful game. So just like a football player has to listen to his coach for the next, you know, game strategy, we have to pay attention to how our father is repositioning us for the times and the seasons. So I have two scriptures to give you. The first one is Galatians 4, 6 through 7. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. 1 Peter 2, verse 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. There is a deep, deep longing in the body of Christ to know our inheritance. And this isn't a knowing that comes from here. It comes from here. And to know is to acknowledge and to experience. And this isn't something that we know from like what we think from a worldly perspective, but it's from the Holy Spirit's perspective. So God has placed a crown on our heads. He has made us royal because he loves us. And there are so many of us that do not see our own value in our father's eyes. And that is the enemy trying to steal our inheritance in our identity of who God has called us to be. And he has called us to be kings and priests so that he can equip us for the spiritual warfare that we are facing. And we are coming upon a time of deep devotion to God where he will release his bow and arrow and those who are willing will take the lead in his army. The bow and arrow in the Bible symbolize weapons of war. Psalms 127, 3 through 5 says this, 
Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. We were all created to be warriors in God's army. Jesus is the lion and the lamb, right? Well, he has called us to have that warrior-like spirit of a lion, but also the gentle heart of a lamb. I heard the Lord say that there are three major commitments when it comes to valuing our relationship as co-heirs with Christ. Number one is that we, that we need to understand our importance of our position in God's kingdom. And that is fully understanding our identity in Christ and also knowing how much he values us. Number two is receiving and embracing all that he is fulfilling and birthing inside of us. And number three is longevity, a long life and service for the Lord because he wants us in it for the long haul. It will take diligence for the abundant, rich nature of God's word to be released all over the earth. He is calling out David's, Ruth's, and Esther's in this hour for kingly leadership. Ruth stands out to me because she was not a leader who led vast nations or great, or grand, or great armies. She didn't do miracles, and she didn't have a big ministry. What she did have was integrity, faithfulness, and commitment to God. She was loyal and devoted. She served and she loved, but most of all, she trusted God. She was a leader who led by example. Ruth is a wonderful model of Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. By being an example like Ruth, we are building up the body of Christ. And the building up looks different today than it did before Christ. So if we look back in Haggai chapter 2, verses 20 through 23, we read that God promises Zerubbabel his signet ring which means that God gave Zerubbabel his authority to rebuild his temple. And this was a physical temple that we see in the Old Testament. So like Zerubbabel, we as the Lord's heirs have been given the authority to rebuild. And even though it looked more tangible then, now the rebuilding is happening on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And it is going to take a royal priesthood to come together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Lord anoints us with spiritual gifts. So as reformers, we are to use these gifts as tools for rebuilding his kingdom culture. But how do we become builders if we do not use the tools that he has provided us with? James 5.12 says, above all, we must be those who never need to verify our speech as truthful by swearing by the heavens or the earth or any other oath, but instead we must be so full of integrity 
that our yes or no is convincing enough and we do not stumble into hypocrisy. Does your yes mean yes or your no mean no? Because the Lord is not looking for a maybe. And he is ready to bring increase to those who are ready and willing for his kingdom cause. And as we step out in faith, he will show us what to do. The Lord wants us to venture out into the deep end with him so he can fully equip us there. And this isn't something that we can learn in the shallow end. But if we're too afraid to swim to the deep end, then we're missing it. And he wants us to trust him in the deep waters because he will not let us drown. And this is fully letting go of our self-control and allowing the Holy Spirit to intervene. It reminds me of my daughter. She would cling to the side of the deep end because she was afraid to trust her swim coach. But uh, luckily, her swim coach is patient enough that she knew eventually my daughter will take that leap of faith. And I want to prophesy this over you today because I feel like it is for the body, so many of us in the body of Christ. And I want to read it exactly how I heard the Holy Spirit say it. I heard the Lord say that he is redirecting paths. There are many who think they are on a heavenly path, which in fact they are on their own. He is changing their course of direction and making the wayward whole. Fill the valley with water and watch them swim. They will be emerged in his glory. How do we fill the valley with water? It's going to take a royal priesthood in unity together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is a fresh oil being poured out on the body of Christ for a new anointing. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Do not call to mind the former things. Pay no attention to the things of old. Behold, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Psalms 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. He is creating new pathways for his people that will reveal his hidden treasures. And that is his knowledge, understanding, wisdom, and revelation. Yeah, so I just want to pray over us real quick. Father God, I just ask, Lord, for confidence in you. Will you raise up our confidence in you, God, and let us allow us to see the value of ourselves in your eyes, how you treasure us so deeply. Help us to be pliable in your hands and make us vessels, God, for your kingdom, for your glory. And I pray, God, that your promise of your inheritance will become widely known and understood to us. We ask these things in your name. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Can we give them a hand? The thing I love about uh, what both of these gals brought is what they want you to hear on this, on this Mother's Day is to whom you belong. I love how Micah started off with this word of, I'm going to say it, I don't want to butcher it, corporate contagion. That's what we get on Mother's Day, corporate contagion. 
And here's why. She's so right. What we're called to do is be imitators of Jesus, right? And so what we get to do is when we fix our eyes on him, Scripture says we imitate what he did. Paul says the words, imitate me for I imitate Christ. This word of imitation or this word of corporate contagion is you and I coming into an understanding of who our Father is, and then from that, we look like that on planet Earth. That's how we act. I love First, uh, first Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9 says, you, everybody say me. I am a royal, uh, he says, I am a chosen people. Everybody say chosen people. A royal priesthood. Say royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to his own possession that I may proclaim his excellencies of him who called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. You belong to someone. And this is it. This is what it looks like to be adopted in. You don't operate in your own. You belong to someone. And then because you belong to someone, oh, this is the good part, you get their stuff because you're in their household. And so here, Amber's going, because we're children of God, because we've been adopted in, because we have a Father in heaven, His inheritance, His Word says, is now our inheritance that we are co-heirs with Christ. You know, it's, it's fascinating. I, I told them I wasn't gonna preach after them, but they got me fired up now. <laughs> Luke 15. It's one of the most familiar scripture verses that we read called the prodigal son. Even if you've not been in church life, you've heard the terminology most likely in your life, the prodigal son. And what we see as a son, he, he knew who he was at one point. He knew who he was in his father's house. He, he wants all of his stuff, and he wants to leave his father's household. You guys know the story, right? And he squanders it, uses it for his own gain, his own ambition, uses it for his own self. And he gets to that place where he's like, oh, I'm eating pig slop now. I've wasted it all. I've wasted it. And as he's eating pig slop and working for some other guy, he gets this revelation. I've got a father who's really got a lot of stuff. Maybe I can just go back and be a servant in his household. So he rehearses this thing where he's going to go, Father, I've sinned against uh, God and I've sinned against you. Would you take me back as a servant? Right? This is what he's rehearsing. So he packs up his stuff. He does his walk of shame down the long road to his father's house, rehearsing in his mind, I've sinned against you, I've sinned against my father in heaven, just let me be a servant, just let me serve, just let me serve. And you, his father sees him long ways off, runs to his son, his son can't even get the words out of his mouth, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And right as he's saying son, his father says, to his servants, come, my son, my son is home. Come, servants, come. I want you to place on him my best robe, not just any robe, my best robe. I want you to place on him not just any ring, but the ring of my signet on his hand so that he knows to whom he belongs again. I want you to place on him new sandals because he is not going to be as one who walks with no shoes of peace. He's going to be able to wear my shoes of peace. 
And then I'm not done. I want you to take the fattened calf, the one I've been saving for a big celebration, the one that I've been growing and grain fed, and I've been waiting for this moment. I want you to slaughter the fattened calf because my son who was once lost has come home and he gets what I have. This is what it looks like when you come in and know who you are in Christ that you've been adopted in. It's what it looks like when you understand because you've been adopted in, there's an inheritance in Christ Jesus waiting for you right now. Peter's gonna get the words from Jesus. Because of his confession of Jesus, the Lord says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. How many want keys to the kingdom of God? I'm telling you, church, these are two things that we think everybody knows and we miss it. If we knew who we are in Christ and we know who he is, it changes everything. And if we know who he is and who we are and we understand that we get everything, we don't walk with heads down low, walking down a road, rehearsing, I've sinned against everyone, I've sinned against you, Father, and I'm just worthy to be called a servant. That's all I wanna do is just serve in your fields now. That's not what we do anymore. We have a head lifted high, we've got confidence in our heart that I've got an inheritance that I'm walking towards because I have a Father in heaven who loves me. And on this Mother's Day, if you don't know that truth today, then today's your day. This will change your life if you don't just listen to it, but if you receive it in your hearts. And so I'm going to ask you today, will you receive this in your hearts? Would you stand up with me? I'm going to ask you just to put your hands out like you're about to receive something from the Lord. And I'm going to ask you today to receive this. Receive your identity in Jesus. You are sons and daughters. Receive this identity. She ta Amber talked about putting a crown on your head. You're not just sons and daughters of an ordinary person. You're sons and daughters of the, not a, the King of Kings. You have a royalty stamped on your heart this morning. I want you to picture that for a moment. And because you've got royalty stamped on your heart that you are sons and daughters adopted into the family of God, I want you to receive his inheritance this morning. I want you to receive his best robe. I want you to receive his ring that's the signet of his name that he places on your finger. I want you to receive his shoes of peace that he's putting on your, shoes, your feet this morning. I want you to receive that he's about to throw a feast of all feasts for you. I want you to receive from the Lord this morning. Just take a minute. You've rehearsed a thousand times in your mind how you're going to tell the Lord, I know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not as good as some of those other people. You've rehearsed a thousand times in your mind, I know I don't always hit the mark. You've rehearsed a thousand times in your mind how you're going to stand before the Lord someday and say, you know, I, I know I missed the mark a thousand times. But before you get those words out of your mouth, the Lord's going to say, oh, you knew my son Jesus, and he lives inside of you and he sealed you, and he marked you, and he adopted you in. You're my children now. You don't need to tell me about all the waywardness that you did. You don't need to tell me that you just want to be a servant in my house. You're not a servant in my house. You're sons and daughters. Welcome to the kingdom. And so today, God, I pray that we don't leave this place without first knowing who we are 
in Christ Jesus and that we become imitators, God, of who, who we are. That we follow your leading. That your mannerisms become our mannerisms. That your characteristics become our characteristics. And that from that, God, we enter in a place of maybe where some of us have never walked before. We get to enter into the storehouses of heaven where there's endless grace, endless mercy, endless love, endless hope, endless joy. I pray that today, God, we understand what it means that we inherit the inheritance of the Holy Spirit in us that empowers us for everything that we need for life and God. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.